From Sandwich Community TV, I'm Manx Taiki Magyar, and this is Blindside. The entire audio interviews that I've cut to make my short form video documentaries. In the winter of 2017, myself and Payson Tickham spoke with Snowy Owl Coffee Roasters owners, Shana and Manuel. There they talk about the industry of coffee and why going local and supporting local coffee makers is so important. Um, well, we met in San Francisco, and um, when we were dating, one of the things that we loved to do in San Francisco was to go to all the different specialty coffee roasters out there. So it's a, it's a pretty big industry out there, this whole third wave coffee movement. And so um, in the process of like visiting different roasters and, and whatnot, we became friends with um, a couple, Andy and um, sorry, Andy Town, who has since started a, a business called Andy Town Coffee Roasters, and their names are Lauren and Michael, and they're important for reasons that I'll get into. But um, when we decided we were going to move here, it was kind of like a dream that we would open our own. Um, so we moved here in 2013. Uh, we had our first daughter shortly after that, so our project got put on hold. Um, but then, in I guess it was 2015, in like the spring of 2015. Um, we decided to go for it. So Manuel drove around the Cape, looked at various places, and um, met Stefan, kind of jived with Stefan. And um, it started as just like an, a request to put our roaster in Stefan's herb shop, which is the space that we're in now. Um, the idea was like, we'll just start with wholesale. Stefan had a little coffee business. He's had one for several years, maybe like 15, 20 years. But it wasn't here. It yep. was here, which is, yeah, I mean, we'll show you pictures that looked very different. So oh. the before and afters are kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and so like what is in the back now was all over the place, uh, plastic cafe in the front, no? Okay. But he was kind of like uh, tired to do the, the retail on the coffee shop. So he would decide to reduce his business to do just the herbs and uh, herbal medicine, sorry, and uh, natural products. So he offered, if we are interested, to take the front to run the coffee. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he kind of offered his coffee business to us. So we were just going to do like roasting, and then he said, "Why don't you just take the coffee bar too?" Because he wanted to focus on like what his main specialty products are. So, um, so we thought about it, and we said, "Okay, let's do it." So we, in, with a little more research on the retail part, because different business than the wholesale. So we did a little more research, and we decided to just uh, take this opportunity and the risk of a new business, you know, and. Uh, we come out with this. Yeah, and so Lauren and Michael were key because both of them had worked in specialty coffee in San Francisco for like probably two decades combined, um, whereas like neither of us had. We were just customers. Um, and so, you know, obviously he went to roasting courses and, and did his research and um, I did sort of the business plan stuff, but um, in terms of like refining our palate and really teaching us about sort of the espresso and how to match different roasting profiles with what works best in the different brew methods. Uh, they, they flew out here in July before we opened and, and gave us some hardcore training, which was awesome. And they're, um, yeah, they're still kicking ass out there in the outer sunset of San Francisco. They, they're expanding and doing really well, so. It's neat to have that, like, coast to coast. Yeah. Yeah, and for us was, um, I mean, uh, the timing was perfect because um, we, it's a specialty coffee in the Cape is start to coming into you know, more uh, knowledge about customers and service. No? Uh, I think we saw a niche where um, the restaurant industry in the Cape is changing, it's improving, but the coffee not that much. No? So 
was an opportunity to educate consumers on the quality of the product, no? Like, if we take control of all the uh, parts of the chain, since the grower until the cup of coffee, uh, we can become with a better product. And that's what we're trying to do, no? Uh, be very uh, high standards on, you know, on all the process of the coffee making, no? Science of roasting until Alaska. Yeah, that's really neat to do the whole process. It's so nice that you said before not to have dumping donuts. Yeah, it's, it's different, you know. Yeah. This is a massive production product where then it's hard to control quality sometimes. Yeah. Also, like they, they, they go to a dark uh, roast profile, which uh, I particularly, we particularly don't, don't feel like this. You, you can enjoy the real quality of the coffee aroma-wise or ways or tasting ways, no? Um, we do medium roast, which we discover like you can find more different characteristics of, on the cup of coffee, no? Uh, so that's where we are going there, no? So we differentiate ourselves from dark roast, other business, and medium roast, what we do. Yeah, because it's really easy to take like a, a crappy quality coffee and just burn it in the roaster, dark roast it, and it's all, any coffee you know past a certain profile of roasting is going to taste the same, whether it's high quality or poor quality. So I think what he's saying too is a lot of these coffee companies like Dunkin' Donuts, the big ones, Starbucks, they buy commodity coffee, so co the coffee that's not specialty coffee. Maybe it wasn't grown under certain good conditions, wasn't picked when the cherry was right, and then they just burn it and customers here and throughout the world have gotten used to that kind of dark bitter taste um, when he says we do everything medium profile there's different profiles within that medium range but um, he's he's sort of meaning that like they're all within that sort of light to medium profile range and we're not burning it because why would you buy high quality coffee and then burn it so that it tastes just like commodity coffee The, the product, right? But then, like, what we're creating here is environment, no? Uh, like, where a quiet place to stay, work, uh, make calls, uh, social meetings, you know, um, and good service, no? For me, like, I've been years in the industry of restaurants in San Francisco, uh, that's something like I learned uh, about uh, how important is this service, you know? So, even it's not just just brew coffee and eat coffee and you leave, you know, it's more than attention, customers, friendship, community, you know, it's not just a cup of coffee, you know, it's, it's coffee, if you see it, it's very social, you know, if you see those pictures over there, it's very like, you know, very, a lot of people involved on the, on the growing process where in some countries they pick the coffee by fingers, you know, uh, coffee beans, and uh, so it's very social involved, you know, since the source, until now where you have people working behind the counter, no? So that personal aspect, social aspect, is very important, uh, and people feel that, you know, uh, feel that intention to uh, from us to give uh, good products with a good service. No? 
Yeah, and I think it's part of a larger, I think we have been really well received in this community. And I think, um, well, I think, you know, Massachusetts is a very liberal state. And I think sort of cultural trends tend to start in the West Coast and move to the East Coast in general. But I do see us as part of a larger movement um, in terms of consuming local products, consuming locally grown food, supporting local businesses and local artists. I mean, that's a huge thing right now that um, maybe began and began and sort of became more popular on the West Coast, but it's kind of in full swing right now. Um, you know, if you look at the number, sheer number of farms that have come about here in Barnstable County in the past five years, it's amazing. You know, so, um, and, and then there's a lot of small businesses, I think, and a lot of artists that are younger, that are opening, that are, you know, doing really, really well. So I, I think we're part of that movement. Um, yes, we don't grow coffee here on the Cape, but what the, the artisanal aspect of coffee that we are able to do here on the Cape, we're doing, and people recognize and support that. Well, sure. Actually, when I walked in for the first time, it was just such a nice place to be in, it's so comfortable. Cool. Which is rare, it's not like that, it's, we're just used to dumping down. We grew up on Cape too, so it's kind of nice to see more of these coffee places. Yeah, yeah. And, and transparency, you know, transparency in all the process, you know, so before we start to get trust from you, you know. And uh, they believe in your product, and then they believe that you are taking care of the product. So, um, yeah, you can be local, you can be a small business, local, but if you don't have a good product or good service, that's a work, you know? So, I think it's all the complete uh, aspect of uh, so important. Yeah. Can you guys talk about the product where you guys get your coffee from? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so our ultimate goal is to do some direct trade, and we actually are already doing a little bit of that with some Colombian coffee. Um, it's a little tricky because um, we're not importers, and if we were going to be importers, we'd have to basically buy containers at a time, um, which we wouldn't have the storage <laughs> for that. Um, but So we, we use a really good company called Inter-American Coffee. Uh, they're an importer that provides a variety of different coffees, and they they offer you know well above um, fair trade price so it's sort of um, there's like a baseline commodity price that's set on the New York exchange market and then um, we, there's a premium for the quality of coffee and so their their prices are, are basically 100% based on the quality of the coffee um, and then they provide us with all the information about that coffee what the co-op is what the co-op does in the community how they give back to their community and then of course like their growing practices so a lot of these um, a lot of these growers are basically following organic practices but they're too small to ever go and get the organic certification cuz it'll just they'll never be able to sell enough to justify that expense but all of the coffee is you know shade grown pesticide free hand picked while ripe and processed with very you know specific details um, attended to during the processing so so far so good they um, were a small client of theirs in terms of inter-american uh, but they treat us really well um, you know, coffee is a commodity. It's an agricultural product, so like we can't get a year, our Ethiopian Yirgacheff 12 months a year. So they'll reserve certain bags for us to make sure that we can get it as long as we can. And then for our blends, we'll have to switch to you know a different type of coffee that has a similar tasting profile. So that's why we have our blends, um, which you know the goal for the blends are to be consistent 12 months a year, even if the even if the composition is different. Um, and then the single origins will rotate as they come in and as they are available. That's the that's the interesting part of this uh, system of importation of different coffee, especially coffees. Like 
you always keep your customers also with new flavors, no? Uh, with re new regions to come from the coffee, and, and, and that way you always can educate people on new coffees. Uh, uh, even from the same region can taste different, you know? So that's, we do run samples, but we can roll samples a small amount, and then we figure out how to offer to the customer. And what's really cool, I think, just to add about the whole industry in general and certainly like what our importer is helping to do and what we're doing is um, like a lot of the coffees that we're getting are from really poor countries. So, for example, we just got one in that happens to be one of the, my favorite coffees I've ever tasted from Burundi, um, from the Bubesi region. And if you look at Burundi, I mean, it's one of the poorest countries in the world. But because these farmers are, are incentivized by someone like our importer to grow really high quality coffee and to get a really good rate for it, it's helping to lift you know, a lot of people out of poverty because they know that they're, the problem with commodity coffee, what you get at Dunkin' Donuts and a lot of the big companies is um, coffee trees take three years to yield fruit. So if, uh, if I'm a farmer and I'm going to decide to grow coffee, I'm taking a bet that three years from now, the price is going to be good and enough to justify my investment. And so one of the biggest determinants of the commodity price of coffee is the weather in Brazil in any given year, because Brazil is the largest coffee producer, and that's going to affect the supply. So it's like typical supply and demand economics. So if you're a coffee farmer you're, you're, and you're going to sell commodity coffee, you're rolling that dice. And you might end up three years down the line with such a low price that you're not going to be able to recover your investment, let alone make a living. So one of the things about this importer and um, just this whole movement is that these people are guaranteed a really good price because it's not their price is not going to be affected by what happens in the commodity market. They're going to get a fair price based on what we value their product to be. So it's helping to lift a lot of people out of poverty because there's some consistency and you know they can determine whether or not it's worth their investment at the price we're paying. Yeah, that's really interesting. And not many people know that. You know? I mean, so yeah, it's all yeah. yeah. So it's, that's that's part of our problem, not just not just a cup of coffee. So much behind, like people doesn't know. So uh, and makes sense sometimes. Prices of coffee, you know, is 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 quality matters. You know, so and they deserve receive a good amount of money for their work. You know, so uh, this is kind of interesting because we, we talk about being local. You guys are very local business, which is fantastic. But we've been to other local businesses, but it's kind of interesting because. You guys are local, yet you guys are very international in a different sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody wants to be so local, but then kind of leave the rest of the world behind. So, mm -hmm. How do you guys feel about like? Do you guys do you guys want to stay the way you are, stay international? Because I guess you kind of have to be. Yeah, our product is. I remember. Uh, I, I shortly I was in Peru actually uh, for a little trip uh, in October, and I saw. Is we are coffee growers, you know, uh, in Peru, in yeah. Peru uh, which I have Peruvian coffee here too. But what I, for compare what our question is like, I saw their new coffee shop like this, small roasters, uh, competing with Starbucks also and Dunkin' Donuts, but they just serve Peruvian coffee, for example, you know, which is good because they are helping those farmers to grow better, no? But you can find Colombian coffee, Ethiopian coffee, Indian, so it's. It's interesting here in the United States. We are not coffee growers here, but you know we can teach the consumer different other. Yes, exactly, exactly. Which for me that's a that's a fun thing about this industry. You no, know? like takes different flavors, different procedures, different methods of 
of uh, how they grow coffee organic or running certified non certified so and you can taste the difference no so that's a fascinating thing about this this industry yeah, and I would say that's like one of the large reasons I'm into it. So I went to school for international relations and, and, and international economic development specifically. So this is such a cool way to kind of blend that passion of mine with like my passion for like my local community and education and all of it. So it's certainly something that like long term is going to satisfy my <laughs> curiosity, you know. I was a lawyer, so. Nothing related to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think coffee, and we have some books on it. So, like, some the history of coffee for anyone that's interested is fascinating. You know, just in terms of like how it's developed in the developed world. Sorry to use that word a lot, but um, you know, it's it's it has a role in the world wars and 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 yeah. I'll just kind of leave it at that. It's just a very it's a very simple. Not simple. It's a very complicated and bloody history how how coffee has developed and become so popular in developed countries like the United States and Europe and in all the growing countries. It's only recently that Peru has become a consumer of coffee. You know, large player in consuming its own coffee. Same same with Colombia. Colombia used to export like all their high growth like or high quality Arabica coffee and consume their low grade coffee, and that's changed and that's cool to see. I, I grew up drinking instant coffee. Yeah. You know, like, you know, what? You know, we have such a good culture, you know, but this is how the market was. That's one, no problem, but that was one of the, I think, results of commodity, you know. So we, obviously, the foreign market is going to pay more than the local market. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Morning, mornings always have to be coffee present in my, in my life. Uh, and now, like I'm the roaster here, so I have to taste coffee all the time. I'm managing the cafe, so I have to taste how the coffee is behind. But I try to cut it, you know, the midday. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't have that uh, effect of caffeine my metabolism, I don't know why, so that helps a lot, you know, I'm not like energized all the time. But yeah, I, I like a good cup of coffee at the time. That's one of the reasons why we moved from San Francisco and I had other job around and I was looking for a good cup of coffee, I couldn't find it. Uh, so that's why it's something like motivate me to, maybe we should do it, you know, and, and see how that goes. And I'm happy we made that decision. We like so far, this is our second winter coming through and uh, we like result and, and with a very uh, nice projects ahead so uh, hopefully that will work out yeah I uh, well I just had my second baby so she's um, she's eight weeks today oh, wow. and during my pregnancies um, I don't like co like I it, it I, I like the taste of it but it gives me a headache and then it's like as soon as I give birth I'm like and I actually just we just I just bought our first coffee maker so I know that sounds kind of silly, but we've always just done like the pour over method at home, like the Chemex or the AeroPress. 
Um, but now that I'm back to work and like I work from home, which is nice, um, but you know, like dealing with kids in the morning, it's like I sit and I wake up in the morning, you know, early because I have a baby and I think about like that big pot of coffee I'm going to make and like drink all day long. <laughs> so it's probably not the healthiest thing, but uh, but yeah, literally it arrived two days ago, like our my first electric coffee maker really ever. <laughs> I've only ever made it from, yeah, I've only ever made it by hand, so. <laughs> Oh, we get excited like in the morning just to take like an experience. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Make you think better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gives That's me right. like the patience I need to deal with with our getting our three year old out of oh the door in the morning <laughs> and you know, while like handling a baby and Yeah. Today, Snowy Owl is probably even more popular than it was back in twenty seventeen and it seems that it's only growing with more locations. I highly suggest going to visit them and grabbing a cup of joe. Blindside is a sandwich community TV podcast. Subscribe to us on your favorite platform or visit us directly at www.sandwichcommunitytv.org so you can stay up to date with all the newest content. Thanks for listening.